are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, or happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it. <laughs> it's a day that ends in Y. It does, it does, it does. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. You're all appreciated out there. With John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. All right. I've had a number of people out there, and it was accentuated today by, uh, or yesterday, by Twitter follower TJ Tua, who uh, asked what exactly happened with Sean Miller and the pre- and the post-game show with John Schuster and Brad Alice. Now, I want to put a couple things out here. Schuster and I are obviously very, very close. I've asked Schuster in the past if he wants to talk about it. It's not really his thing. It's over. It's done with. But we've had quite a few people that have reached out now. And you know what? I'm more of a spiteful guy than Schuster, although Schuster can carry some spite. He can. Yes. And I will preface it by saying this. Then I'm going to give the floor to John Schuster. Um, what I saw, what I witnessed for somebody that lived, breathed everything, Arizona basketball, um, from the Chris Mills team on the new Orleans game, I believe December 26th of that year, uh, 1992, 93, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, until about 2013 or 14, I lived, everything revolved around U of A basketball. But I saw another side of the profession. I saw another side of uh, college basketball. And I saw a side of Sean Miller that I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. That for diehards like myself, Rob Lance, I'll let John Schuster speak for it, really made it difficult to watch Sean Miller and root for his success. So I I see the floor to John Schuster, and I will say this: the shoot this the Schuster the story that Schuster is about to tell you. I actually had somebody tell me a different person tell me the exact that what we're telling you is true. Okay, Go ahead. yeah, and I've I've heard from enough people uh, over the years from a variety of different aspects that I'm confident in what I'm sharing. For folks who are unfamiliar, by the way, nobody's really asked publicly any before. So it's like, yeah, okay, there's been no reason really to go into it. Now that it has been asked on a public forum, I'm happy to, I'm happy to share uh, my version of what took place. A little background. Uh, I did... uh, How long have you been doing this? Yeah, pre and post game shows uh, since 1998. Okay. Uh, Started at KNST, who used to have the contract 790 AM, Mm -hmm. uh, local radio. And uh, then that contract moved over to 1290, and I transitioned more or less with it once the, once the contract drifted over. Mm-hmm. My role, along with the role of Brad Alice and the role of Rob Lance, uh, was that we did the local call-in pre- and post-game show. Pre-game was less call-in. Post-game was almost exclusively phone call related okay that that was the point of the show at a time when you didn't get as much information off facebook and twitter right uh so people called into the show you talked to them you got their opinions and meet relatively immediate opinions on the game uh and i've done a bunch of these things here's so somewhere along the way at this point it was rob lance brad allison and me uh, doing, Mike Luke working the board, and Mike Luke was working the and, making, cool. and, and that's not an easy job, no, no, as no, Mike no. Luke will tell you. For sure. Uh, and and here's how this dynamic usually goes. And I don't have any 
illusions about this whatsoever. Uh, the coach has had a tough night. Team's lost. He's in a pissy mood, okay? Any coach. Mm-hmm. Any coach falls under this category. Lou Olson, Kevin O'Neill, Russ Pennell, uh, uh, on the football side, everybody from Tommy to Makovic to Stoops to Rodriguez, etc., up and down the line. Every coach does this. They're driving home. They listen to the radio. They, they turn it on, and the hosts inevitably say something that pisses them off because they're already on a short fuse. Mm-hmm. So they're, what they do in a moment of frustration and anger is that they reach out to the only person who they know is connected to the radio in some way, and that person is play-by-play voice Brian Jeffries. So Brian Jeffries, and this is my guess, I've not talked to Brian about this, but Jeffries has taken these calls probably dozens of times, and they go something like this. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. You're right, coach. I'll look into it, coach. Uh Uh-huh, coach. Uh Uh-huh. 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 You bet. And then he hangs up. End of conversation. The and 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 it's never brought up again. Not brought up by Olson, not brought up by Pennell, not brought up by KO, not brought up by Tommy, Makovic, right. you know, any anybody uh, any call that Jeffries has had is just an opportunity for the coach to vent in a moment of frustration in a job that is stressful on a night that didn't go his way. That's all that's going on. Okay? They never bring it up again. Except Sean Miller, who made that phone call on one night after we were talking about something. I've since heard that whatever it was we were discussing involved Momo Jones, who was a who was a mercurial point guard for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Lots of criticism about him, lots of positives about him too, and he would be the subject of a lot of things related to uh, the postgame show. For the record, it doesn't matter if Rob Lance said something that pissed off Sean Miller, if John Schuster said something that pissed off Sean Miller, or if Brad Alice said something that pissed off Sean Miller, or that all of us or any of us did. Because from the coach's standpoint, they hear voices, but they don't know, they can't differentiate who said what. Right. Okay, so I have no it idea. It wasn't Mike Luke, it's Mike Luke. That's right, he was on the right. board. Mike Luke was the producer. That's, that's correct, executive producer, if you will. I mean, he handled the reins. The difference was that Sean Miller couldn't let it go and decided to call the head of IMG's local outlet. That person's name is Joe Muller. Joe Muller runs IMG Tucson. Consider IMG Tucson, which is now Learfield. IMG Tucson is basically KVOA for Channel 4 with what NBC is. Okay, They're a big network, but they've got local affiliates. Joe Muller ran the local affiliate. Sean Miller called Joe Muller pissed off about what happened on the postgame show the night before. Among coaches at Arizona, that had never happened before. So Joe Muller decides he's going to go to management at the radio station. Mm -hmm. That management is general manager Ken Kowalczyk, operations manager Herb Crow, and sales manager Keith Rosenblatt. Kowalczyk then, and, and Muller tells him, Uh, A change needs to be made. Kowalczyk has an opportunity as the general manager of that station to stand up for his employees. He can say, you know what? They show up. They do a good job. 
We've never had complaints about them. They actually get good listenership. They're always there. You know, generally speaking, they have a positive response, and we don't have to worry about them because we know they do a good job. Maybe, just maybe, after 10 years or so of doing this, we could have a meeting. We could discuss something. We could have a conversation in regards to whatever's going on. Maybe, maybe we could understand what it was that was said that pissed off the coach and perhaps guide this thing a little bit, at least have some sort of discussion in regards to what it is we want to say and how we want to approach a pre- and a post-game show. Nothing. The initial Miller conversation happened in January or February. I think it was January. Mm-hmm. Don't know the exact year. I can't remember now. It's eight or nine right. years ago. Um, we were not told that we were not welcome back until the middle of August of the following year by a phone call by operations manager, Herb, Herb Crow, who's a dick. Uh, so, so there was never any inkling that there was anything wrong, any inkling that there was a problem. We had assumed, as was the case, year after year after year after year, that they were going to reach out to us about 45 minutes before the first broadcast, assuming that we would walk in and, and, and we'd do pre- and post-game stuff and be there on time and talk about the Wildcats. Uh, so that's, that's how it went down. And those are the players involved and the dynamic that uh, went into that. And so at the front, I get that you have a very... It's a very stressful business, but most coaches overwhelmingly need to vent. They vent to the only person connected to the radio show, and they completely forget about it. I'll give you an example right here, and again— And Miller did not forget about it. I'll give you an example here, and there's a—and I'm not going to mention the names, but there was a a close friend of ours who um, who covered the football team, and he said, you know, now and then I would get a call from— Dick Tomey, who was livid about something I wrote. And, Coach, sorry to what I put out there. The next day, Dick Tomey said, you know, didn't really like the way that it was worded, but I totally get it. Hugs. Mm-hmm. Move on. Move on. Mm-hmm. What what Sean Miller did here is that Sean Miller had absolutely no qualms whatsoever about ending two people's broadcasting careers. I'm not talking about, and honestly, there's there's two parts here, Shu. There, you get paid 150 bucks a game, cool, whatever. It's not like it's not like you needed that to live. I mean, now you are living in my house. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <with> you, but, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the closet, by the yes, way. Yes, yes. The water heater makes a little bit of noise, but, but, but it's, you know what? Is, but it's warm sometimes. This is the <laughs> Bruno loves it. <laughs> yes. This is the epitome, though, of somebody with no regard for anybody else except himself. Because let's just say that he is pissed off about, you know what, the style of play comment or Momo Jones remark. Hey, guys, can we have a talk? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Let, let, let's, talk, let, let's air it out. Maybe we were wrong about something. Who knows? Could have been. Could have happened. But this guy, and you can tell by the way he's treated other people in the media too, where he would refuse to answer questions, where he would refuse to, where he'd refuse to answer questions, he would he acted like a pouty 10-year-old. Yes, he would basically mock people in their presence to the point, and by the way, it's another reason that I absolutely love Bruce Pascoe, because you know what? Bruce is a smart guy. Bruce knew when, you know, when Sean Miller is rolling his eyes, essentially, but Bruce kept asking the questions. And you know what? Good for the star for not bowing to any 
anything like that. I don't want to get into that. But what this guy did, when you cross that line to that second phone call, because I don't have all the information you did, but I did hear about the second phone call. Mm-hmm. When you make the second phone call, you've crossed a big line there. You've you've gone from you are now very different than every other coach who has gone through this. Situation. And keep in mind, this is a guy in Schuster. This is a guy in Brad Alice, uh, Rob Lance, who I don't want to say that you were friends with Lute Olson, but you knew Lute Olson pretty well. You knew Dick Tomey pretty well. Mm-hmm. You covered Mike Stoops. You covered I mean you heck you covered John Makovic. You covered the gauntlet. And you know what? Not once did any of those people say, man, we got to get these guys off the air. Right. Miller was different. Can we handle, can we address a little bit more on the other side? Yeah, let's do it. By the way, Built Bar. Um, you know what? If you're a guy like Sean Miller and you know what? You're a little insecure, you might need a Built Bar. Makes you strong, makes you powerful, makes you good like that. Um, let's take a quick break. Come back with us. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. The expose returns. <laughs> Mike, Luke, John Schuster. And keep in mind, I want to put something out here, too. This, this is important for me. It's my podcast, but I'm giving Schuster the floor here because I've had multiple people reach out to me about this. In the past, Schuster's not really wanted to talk about it. It's not really his thing. Miller's out. It's been seven years, however long it's been. And one thing to just keep in mind, too, to just show you how crummy this, this whole thing was, there was no bigger benefactor of this, what Sean Miller did, than me. Uh, as far as somebody that, that, I guess, because I basically took over. You know, Kevin right. and I t- uh, essentially took over. But as Schuster can attest, it was very, very, I'll put it, just leave it like this. It was very trying rooting for Sean Miller-inspired endeavors over the past decade or so. But yes, go ahead, Schuster. Yeah, when, I just you see put some, that in there. when you see some, you know, something that affects somebody who you know on a personal level, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Very much so. And... The folks who thought of Miller in a certain way, Miller clearly didn't help his case. Correct. At least in that in that small circle. But putting Miller aside, Miller obviously started this. But there are other players in this who are equally as frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Quick background on radio. Folks understand radio, generally speaking. It's not uncommon to get fired from a radio job. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's just the opposite. In... Uh, what? But the reason that you usually get fired from a radio job has to do with ratings or has to do with the change in format. Mm-hmm. Okay, The change in format thing in radio almost never happens anymore. That is indicative of, uh, of how the industry is suffering. Right. Because it used to be you wanted to cobble as much ratings as you possibly could. Now a lot of clusters don't give a shit. Right, right. Um, that, so so that, is, that, ha- that, that, that has changed. Our point, we were never, never, never discussed about our performance. Ratings seemed to be good. We had internet streaming numbers that were able to back that up because ratings in Tucson, and especially on a lot of weekends and late nights, are, are iffy. But we were reasonably well-liked, and the job that we did seemed to be effective. And we continued to work for a sports show, and that... Uh, station continues to be a sports format that is the University of Arizona Wildcat. So, so it had nothing to do with ratings. It had nothing to do with format change. It had to do with some guys at the top kowtowing to somebody who was upset over something that could have been rectified. And the frustration that I have, oddly enough, is almost less with Miller than it is with 
Joe Mueller, and most notably Ken Kowalczyk, who was my boss for 10 years, give or take, somewhere in there. Nice guy. But Kowalczyk, who is the general manager of that local radio cluster, is one of those guys who just wants to bury his head in the sand. What he should have been is loyal to his employees. And the way to go about that is to say, you know what, we have an issue. Let's try to address the issue. Let's bring parties together and see if we can rectify this issue and ultimately move forward. He did none of that. He rolled. He caved. And by doing so, he didn't, he took the easy way out and didn't stand up for people who were there who, generally speaking, he thought did a good job. And so in the midst of all of this, Kowalczyk is the guy who frustrates me the most. Beyond that, you have other secondary managers. You have a guy in Herb Crow and you have a guy in Keith Rosenblatt. Keith Rosenblatt's on the sales staff. Uh, Herb Crow's on the, uh, the programming staff, okay? They basically, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, shit flows downhill. Mm-hmm. Kowalczyk gets the phone call. He says, we got to do something about these guys. He goes to Herb Crow and Herb Crow goes, okay, I guess we're going to make a change. You know, and, and, and Herb knows nothing about sports talk radio. My favorite thing about this entire thing, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that uh, generally Kenny's Kenny's always been at least he's been nice to me. He's he's a nice dude. My my whole thing with this is the Herb Crow angle right here, which I find hysterical. And again, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. And actually, I know I'm not speaking out of turn. So Herb's getting ready to make the move, and Rob Lance, who is a dear friend of both of ours. He calls Rob Lance and says, well, do you want to tell him about it? <laughs> Rob Lance is program director at the time. So technically, Rob is our boss. Mm. But Herb Crow is his boss. Right. Go ahead. Yes. And then, so, and this is this is vintage. This is vintage Herb. So then he says, uh, and then Rob's like, as most normal people would say, uh, no, I had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with this. Why in the world would I want to make this phone call? And immediately, and again, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here because... Rob's moved on to very successful things in the uh, 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 teacher, about to be good stuff. Brad has as well. Brad has as well. Everybody everybody yeah. here has moved on We're as well. We're fine. Yes, everybody's fine. But that still is the part that cracks me up the most, is that this, this guy expects who, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to get into all the details. He was never very nice to me at all. He said a lot of really mean things about me to, you know, to Kevin, to Rob, about me, whatever. Cool. Um, but that still, to me, was kind of the epitome of the situation, though, where you're, you don't, you don't, you want to get out of, you want to get out of this so bad that you're trying to pawn it off. this off yeah. on Rob Lance. And kudos to Rob Lance for, for sticking up to for, and saying, yeah. no, I don't want anything to do with and that. And so, yeah, it was Herb who made the phone call to us, and it was laughable. Right. And, and, and we, we're asking him why, and he makes up, nonsense kind of off-the-cuff excuses and it's just you know it's it, and keep it's, in mind too one other thing i want to say too is one of their big things was and again this isn't speaking out of turn here because one of their one of their big things was well uh we want our one of uh what uh i believe it was herb that was quoted one of herb's big big things was well we want um to get uh transition kevin and rob more into the pre and the post game format kevin did about <laughs> three post games come on dude um 
So that's essentially what happened. What's essentially what happened here? Again, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and again, Schuster's, you know, Schuster and I have talked. You know, I mean, gosh, I would say thousands of hours <laughs> about this. Am I lying? I no, mean, no, no, thousands of hours about it. But now, before you, yeah, go ahead briefly. Yeah, it's how do I? I've got to be careful how to phrase. You move on from it. You're aware of what happened. They're always going to be aware of what happened. Right. But as far as the energy is into it is concerned, you let it go. Mm-hmm. You move on. You do other things. John Schuster is wearing a spirit of St. Louis shirt right now. <laughs> and you showcase the spirits of St. Louis. Yes. Exactly. Just like, just like the ABA team that no longer exists, mm-hmm. we no longer exist on the pre- and post-game show. All good things must come to an end. Right. So, including this podcast, and this podcast is, but you know what? We'll be back with you tomorrow. But uh, for the people out there, I feel very comfortable in saying that's essentially, no, that's not essentially. That is, that is what happened. Um, and it's the second call that uh, Coach Miller made that turned everything there. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.